Lord, we long to rise up on, on wings as eagles. Lord, I, I, I long, I suspect some of my friends here long to have the, the sight of eagles, to be able to see, to see so much more. And Lord, we want to see your glory. We want to see your kingdom around us, among us, in us. We want to see your presence, Lord. And we believe, Lord, because you promised that you would be here. We believe, Lord. So open our eyes and the eyes of our hearts to see Jesus all around us, in us. Thank you, Jesus. And seal in us, please, Holy Spirit, the work of Jesus. That we will know with confidence who we are in Christ. That we will know with confidence that nothing can separate us from his love. That we will know with confidence that he is sovereign and on the throne. And we are his. And he is ours. And eternal life has begun in us. And we will enjoy it increasingly as the days go on. Thank you, Lord. So open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, Lord, to what it is you may want to say to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, looking at a passage uh, from... John chapter 17, in fact, I'm only looking at one verse of uh, John, no, three verses of John chapter 17, um, but I'm leading a quiet day on Ash Wednesday, uh, next week on Wednesday, and um, the, the, the day will reflect on John chapter 17, thinking about glory and protection and uh, unity, and uh, you're more than welcome to join. I think there are some spaces left, um, and if you are... If you're on, in another land and want to join, you can join it virtually as well. Please phone the office. John chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. He looked toward heaven. It was that that really got my attention. What was Jesus doing looking towards heaven? I don't know. But it's worth just thinking about for a moment. What's going on here? I looked at the other occasions when Jesus looked towards heaven at the raising of Lazarus. He told them to ro roll the stone away. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and you have always heard me, but I say this for the benefit of those standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. And in a loud voice he called, Come out, Lazarus. But he said the words for the benefit of those, and I just wondered whether maybe he looked up towards heaven as well, for the benefit of those around what was he saying to them by, by that action? And then there's Mark chapter 7, verse 35. An interesting situation, because Jesus takes this deaf and mute man away from everybody else. So clearly this isn't for the benefit of the watchers. Jesus takes 
this deaf and mute man away from everybody else and then does some extraordinary things. We, we're thinking of developing this into the ministry. <laughs> the <laughs> he, puts fingers, he puts fingers in the man's ears and then he spits <laughs> and touches the man's tongue and then he looked up to heaven and he sighed a great sigh and said, be opened. Now this clearly wasn't for the crowd because he had taken away the man from the crowd. But was it for the benefit of the man? He was deaf and mute, but he could see. And Jesus puts his fingers in his ears, spits touches his tongue, and then breathes a heavy sigh, looking up to heaven. <sighs> Be opened. And instantly the man heard. And then there are the three accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, during the feeding of the 5,000. On each of those occasions, the words are almost identical in each of the Gospels. He told everybody to sit down, so you've got a whole bunch of people there, thousands of people, sitting down. And Jesus takes these loaves and fishes, probably just one hand, two hands full. And what does he do? He looks up to heaven, gives thanks, breaks, and feeds 5,000 plus people. What, what's Jesus doing looking up to heaven? Is he raising faith in people? Is he trying to send a message that, um, that he knows who he is and what his place is, that there is an authority, there is somebody on a higher throne? I don't know. As I thought about it, I was reminded of our Zimbabwean days where we, Veronica and I were born and raised. The... Um, to show respect to people, you got lower than them so that you were looking up to them. So if I came into the room and the bishop was seated on a chair, I would, I would go lower than the bishop so that I could look up to him. And it was, a, it was something about respecting, something about respecting him. And, and it is still practice. It's probably more done in jest these days. <laughs> Just, but there is something about I need to show you respect so I'm going to get lower than you. And then, of course, children, children need to look up as well, don't they? I remember still very, very clearly the day Zach, our grandson, looked up at me and said, Uffy, <laughs> oh, you don't forget that day, do you? <laughs> it's just so cool. But there's something about, is there something about knowing your place, knowing who you are, and knowing who it is you are talking to? I, I'm not sure. Jesus need to look up to heaven to speak to Father. There was something else going on there. Jesus saw Father all the time, didn't he? I only do what I see Father doing, and he wasn't walking around like this, was he? <laughs> what you doing, Jesus? Oh. He didn't need to look up. He was always looking at Father when he was speaking and when he was doing what he was doing. But there's something else going on there, I think. 
point that I'd like to bring out is that his eyes were on Father. I think it was for the benefit of those who were watching to raise faith. And then Jesus does an extraordinary thing. He, in, after Jesus said this, he looked up to heaven and he prayed. And the, use, the Greek word there for prayed is, in a sense he's saying, I'm summing things up now. And that's literally what he was doing. I'm summing things up now. The four chapters before then is his long discourse to his disciples. They've already entered Jerusalem. It's this long discourse where he's teaching his disciples everything that they need to know, this last, this last bit of teaching. So he says in his prayer, I'm summing things up now. And he begins his prayer. But then on three occasions during the prayer, it says... John chapter 1, verse 9. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. I pray for them. He's talking about his disciples. And then verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe. Hillary, he's praying for you at this point. <laughs> David, he's praying for you at this point. And Ruth, he's praying for you at this point. But it's the use of the word prayer that got my attention. So I led a healing day a couple of weeks ago, and I looked at this word prayer, and it was the way that people who approached Jesus were asking him to heal. There is something about the use of the word prayer, and, and it is the same Greek word here that Jesus is using when he's speaking to Father. And it is about knowing who he was, knowing who he was talking to, and approaching that way. Approaching with care, approaching in the special relationship that he already had. Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall when Father and Jesus are talking to each other? Oh man, what conversation would that be like? Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be amazing. And that's the word that is used here. Jesus was talking to his father in a way that is the relationship, the love, the respect, the honor, the, the reverence, the humility. It's all there. And that warms my heart. It particularly warms my heart when I look at the other occasions that that word is used. Because Jesus uses that word when he's speaking to Peter. When he says to Peter, can I borrow your boat? It's the same Greek word. So he shows Peter a special, there's something special about the way he's talking to Peter. It has humility, it has love, it has reverence. And that's quite a powerful thing, isn't it? When he asked the disciples, how are we going to feed these 5,000 people? It's the same word. Disciples, what are we going to do? But he treats them with respect, with humility, with love. And then it starts getting really interesting because people who were wanting healing came to Jesus and they used the same word. The same word is used in the Gospels. So Peter, when he's asking for his mother to be in his mother-in-law to be healed, he asks Jesus. So that, how is Peter speaking to Jesus? With humility with reverence, with love, with awe. 
Then it gets really interesting. With the Syrophoenician, it's the same word. And she was a Gentile. But she speaks to Jesus in a similar way. And then the centurion, wanting his son healed, speaks in the same way. So not just disciples, but Gentiles and Romans. They all seem to show Jesus a sort of respect which is not surprising, really, if we think about it. It's just interesting, isn't it? I, I find it interesting. Everybody still here? Yes. <laughs> Nobody nodded off then. <laughs> and then there are a few really surprising occasions where the same word is used. And I, and I, and I just mention this because there is something about the way people talk to people. Isn't there? If you were watching Jesus and Father talking, we would learn a lot, wouldn't we? Would it affect the way I communicated with him? Yes. Would it affect the way I communicated with you? Yes. That's the point. The disciples were afraid to ask Jesus after he spoke about his, I'm about to die. The same word is used. They were afraid to ask. But they had a special relationship. But they were afraid to ask. The Pharisees asked Jesus to lunch. It's the same word. The Pharisees showed a respect, a, a love almost, for this man that they were talking to. And when the, after Jesus drove out the, the, the demons into the swine... The villagers said, they asked Jesus to leave. It's the same word. They don't shout at Jesus, according to the way the Greek is written. Hey, I'm not a Greek scholar here. I'll own up. The, I'm going to ask Colin about this afterwards. Colin will hopefully inform me. Those invited to the wedding banquet, those, they asked to be excused. It's the same word. They asked with reverence, with respect, with love maybe, with intimacy. I just I find this extraordinary. And then you get to the end of the story when Jesus is being judged by the council of elders. He asks them, and it's the same word. He still shows respect and love and intimacy right at the very end. And then Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Pilate, it's the same word. Folk, I don't know what's going on here. Or do I? How do we talk to Father? How do we talk to each other? The world is only, only, only going to see Jesus when Jesus is present. And we have a part to play in that by the way we talk to each other and the way we talk to the world. And if it requires us sometimes to look up to show that we are submitting to a higher authority, then I will do that too. For me, there is something about keeping our eyes on Jesus and our hearts 
with Jesus. And when I speak to you, it should be no different to the way I speak to him because I am to see Jesus Christ in you, and I do. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for, for your word, Lord. Thank you that Thank you that you instruct us. Thank you that you teach us. And Lord, even when, when we can't be 100% sure exactly what it is that we may be meaning to learn, Lord, let us not be shy to believe what we believe you may be saying. And Lord, if there is something here about the way that I talk to you, the way I look to you, the way we talk to you, the way we talk, look to you. If there is something here about the way we talk to each other and talk to the people of the world, then please, Holy Spirit, take over. Have your way. that all the world may know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that all the world will see and hear Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen.